you know what I want to do right now? I want to, I want to give you the goodwill hunting treatment and just say it's not your fault over and over again and hug you while. And welcome. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. I'm Brian Beckner. Stoked to be back. Uh, we missed you last week. We ran into some technical difficulties. We, we want to do this once a week. Like I want it to be a regular thing where people can hear us, get our opinions. And if anything pops off in the world, it's hard because... The news cycle is basically 24 hours, so by the time you're hearing this, things happened three or four days ago. But I, I like to stay current. I like to be abreast of what's happening. And so I want to do a weekly show, at least a weekly show. Maybe maybe pop in with some extra shows, some bonus episodes if anything big pops off or anything's happening. But last week ran into some difficulty. We were going to record at our normal time. We record this on Tuesday evenings. And I got home, and we do it over the internet via Skype. And I got home, had the show all prepped, ready to go, ready to get fired up. My goddamn internet wasn't working. I thought, well, what the, what's going on there? That's pretty rare to have the internet go out. And really, that's the only... I mean, I guess you need electricity too, but it's the... It's the most important utility at this point. Like, we used to not have the internet somehow, and no one remembers how we survived without it. So I checked the box, you know, I did the reset, unplugged, leave it unplugged for a while. You know the routine. Still wasn't working. So I had to break down and fucking call them. Who calls anybody anymore? Had to call AT&T. It's my provider. Turns out the internet was shut off because yours truly didn't pay the bill. <laughs> like like I'm like I'm can't afford it or something. It was it was very emasculating to me. I did not feel like a man because I hadn't paid my bill. But it wasn't my fault, as most things, as nothing ever is. It's Target's fault. Because my bank, as a courtesy, when Target's security got breached canceled everybody's card that had used one at Target and sent us a new debit credit card. And I had forgotten to update. And then you got a, a few autom- – I'm on automatic bill pay like a chump. And I had forgotten to update it. But hey, AT&T, how about an email? How about a call? Hey, want to update your card? Well, you know what they did? They sent me something in the mail. Who the fuck checks the mail? I saw. I mean, I saw it after the fact. Nobody checks the mail anymore. There was a letter in the goddamn mail about it. So, my apologies, one hundred percent my fault for screwing up and depriving you of your most important thing, me. So I hope you know there, there might be times where we have to skip again, but hopefully not too often, and hopefully not for a stupid reason like that because it took them. Like almost a whole day, not a whole day, but like the next morning for the payment to go through and to get the to get the internet back up and rolling. So that's what screwed us up. That's what prevented you from hearing us last week. And I don't know. 
Joining me now, as always, co-host Ed Daly. Ed, is that a decent enough excuse for you? Is that is that reason enough for you? My thoughts on the mail are if it is in the form of a magazine, yes, then then you look at it, right? And if it's maybe if you could tell it's some sort of greeting card or some sort of invitation, could have but ever, everything else everything else is dog shit. Right. There's no. So there's nothing you need in the mail. Unacceptable on AT and T's part to to just send some sort of paper commerce. At this point, emails like it's it's just unacceptable to, to send some random bill and expect people to notice that. Yeah, it's absolute bullshit. Especially because like every three months, I'll get a weird call from an eight hundred number on my phone, which I of course will not answer. I mean, I don't answer calls when I see the person's name and know who it is. I'll get a weird call from some 800 number, not answer it, and then I'll get a voicemail, which I'll check like a month later, and it'll be AT- AT&T just checking to see how the service is. How's everything with the service? How about, hey, you forgot to pay your bill. Can you you know, give us a credit card, change your – go online, change your credit card? Because you're, you're going to pay that bill. Oh, like yeah. clearly it's just a mistake if it doesn't get paid of because course. without internet – they're all pretty much ceases to be life. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. It's definitely makes it difficult to masturbate. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're gonna do that, you're gonna need the internet for that these days, right? Like, do people don't people don't just go to the mental Rolodex anymore? You don't have to. I don't. I don't actually have a mental Rolodex anymore. I don't either. It does. It doesn't work. Right. Doesn't work. My my. My memories are shot. It's it's all got to be something that I'm watching. And I feel like we've discussed this before, but what? How do the shower masturbators do? I'm not a shower masturbator. Never have been. But Can't do it. Some people are exclusively like they're still going with the mental Rolodex. Why do we not have screens? Also. There should never be a point where we're not looking at a screen anymore. I, I'm exclusively a screen looker. I want to be seeing a screen at all times. How what, great is it with the, those places where like the urinals have a little TV? Love it. Love it. Although I'm yeah. usually looking at my phone while I'm peeing. So as I'm having a piss, I'm looking at my phone. Some guy yelled at me not that long ago in a bar because he, I was standing there looking at my phone while I was having a piss. He's like, come on, bro. Like I had been there too long and I had to like kind of turn to the side and let him know, hey, I still got a stream going here. Like <laughs> what's – just – hey, I, I know the rules. I would not – You had to just, show off your steady stream? Right. I, I, like he couldn't hear it apparently. I'm like, hey, this – calm down, right? I'm still peeing. I know, I know how this works. So yeah, I, the shower guys, like they need to get a screen. They need some sort of display, LCD, plasma. It doesn't have to be very big. But you need a display in the shower. Also, defeats my purpose of my invention that I had a long time ago, laminated porn for the shower that's, jacker. That's, that's antiquated shit. Yeah, well, nobody would need that anymore. Right. Maybe? There, should be, there should be voice activated like your tiles yes. turn into a, yes. a screen. Yeah. I'm sure there's some Super Baller bros that have that, some NBA guys probably. But this should be common man yes, shit by now. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Ed, congratulations are in order. I don't oh, yeah? I don't like to embarrass you, but today, I mean not when people hear this, but today as we record March 11th, the anniversary of the birth of one Ed 
daily. Ed, happy birthday. Thanks a lot, pal. It's a, it's a very magical day for me. It's now I don't I don't know you that well, but I know you well enough to know or I can extrapolate from what I know about you enough to know that you are not one of these guys that's really into his birthday, am I correct? No. But I'll say what I do like about it. You can kind of call the shot on like what right. restaurant you go yes, to. That's right. You can, there's there's always that that extra special gift if you have a lady friend in your life that's or a, or a man friend in your life. It's like that. Yeah, you're probably going to get that. That's a guarantee on your birthday or right near right. your birthday. Because really, that's what any of us have on our birthday. We get we get our birthday. That's right. Uh, treats. That's absolutely the truth. And so I can't say that I don't dig having a birthday because you do, you do get it your way a couple of times. Right. But there is nothing worse than the people who like really get into their name they're 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 them being stung to by a wait oh staff. Oh my god. Nothing more embarrassing. Or or people setting up giant parties in their honor. It, it you get those Facebook invites uh, or you know giant e- uh, evites. Yeah, let's yeah. let P, P, you're not one of those people that wants to drag a big group out on a Friday night. Hey, get a babysitter and, yeah. and meet me at TGI Fridays. I've scored a booth in the back. I got I got the private room. We're doing a special dinner. Everybody show up because hey, it's my fucking birthday and I need to be celebrated. You know what I'm doing on my birthday? Well, drinking a little, drinking a little Maker's Mark, and giving the gift of me to the rest of the pod universe. Absolutely, that is that <laughs> is the best birthday gift for all. It's like all of our birthday right now. And yeah, you're drinking you're drinking bourbon because I heard you pour it before <laughs> we went to air. And I wish I would have been three recording. fingers, three I, fingers. I wish I would have been recording because that would have been a long. That was a long pour. And yeah. I definitely would have used it as the cold intro before the music to this next, week's podcast. Next next week, we, I, I will put it right by the microphone, my three-finger pour before the podcast. Oh, no. I could, I could hear it loud and clear. It's just that I <laughs> hadn't clicked record yet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, okay, Ed. Happy birthday. This week, big story or big – you know, with the internet and Twitter now, it's like we're all – it used to be that – People would think that – people predicted that we would all have some sort of an implant in our brain to, to communicate with each other. And we it turns out that we do have that now, but it's just actually a phone in our hand. And people conglomerate around these big events, television events. This week, it was True Detective, the finale of True Detective. Ed, did you watch and what did you think? I did. Yeah. And I loved that show. Great show. And and the ending, people were disappointed to me what I what I was getting from the feedback were was that some people were disappointed that it wasn't some crazy conspiracy. I liked that it how it ended was more more simplified that like I didn't want to see that like one of the characters was up to like some you know, crazy plan on the side that we all should have seen. Like, I liked that it was two guys that were grinding out a case, you know, in the, what, 15th, 17th year, whatever it was. And, like, they, you know, they're chipping away at it. And there was no, like, 
crazy motive on the side. Like I, I like that it was kind of a more simple ending than it than uh, people were hoping for. Right, stupid, <laughs> stupid people wanted a twist. It's the Shyamalanization of society that right. they they they're disappointed unless the writer totally fucks you in the ass at the end and changes everything that you've seen. Uh, it, the the show ended perfectly. I mean, it was sort of anticlimactic, but in right. it, if you look at the show as one document, as though it were an eight hour movie, it it fits seamlessly into the texture of the show we've been watching. It was a great great show, and fucking McConaughey. I I was never nah, I was never a that was a- that was a slam dunk Emmy like performance. I don't give a shit about awards. I like yeah. talking about like what the performance is, but I I'll never watch a, an award show. I, but yes, but that that like to me, I I can't imagine anyone even comes close in the Emmy in that. Got to got to agree. I was never a McConaughey hater, you know. But he wasn't my favorite guy. Uh, but right. he his his we're living in his time right now, and that last scene and his whole performance throughout that show, he was. A guy that was carrying a huge burden and was a complex, interesting television character, which is so rare. And him and Harrelson, it was like a prize fight. I mean, two really, really incredible actors with tons of great character actors all around them. Really well-written, well-performed, expertly directed television show. And I'm I'm stoked we got it. I can't wait to see what they come up with with for season two. And you know what's really cool about it was you got you you had two monster actors. Yep. I, I mean, right now it, it the same night as the finale, McConaughey is winning the Oscar. Right. So these are major actors, and they came they they came out of the experience better than when they went into it. Like everyone loved it. Yep. And they committed to an eight episode season of one show which means pretty much any actor is going to do this because it's it and really no matter how big the actor like it wouldn't surprise me i'm not saying he's going to do it but wouldn't surprise me if brad pitt or george clooney or one of these monster actors like it's the same as filming a movie they do this for a few months and that's it like you can get anyone at this point because that show went so well i i have to agree tv there's really the lines between television and film are blurred right now and these guys have it figured out they'll do their big comic book franchise to get paid and then they'll do some artist work some really well-written good shit and not get paid because that that is their passion after all i mean these guys i mean I mean, they got in it for the pussy, but they also got in it because they like to play characters and, and do good work. And I'm stoked these guys did because that was – I really love that show and I can't say enough about it. And if people aren't watching it or talking shit about it, they're wrong or they should watch it and everybody needs to get, get on a True Detective. Yeah, Get on it, definitely. Absolutely. OK. Let's take a little break. Happy birthday, Ed. We've – Set the stage. We've had it. We've discussed True Detective. We, we're we're all caught up on missing a show and everything that's happened with us in the last week. Everything that matters. Let's take a break. And when we come back, oh, I should say before we do that, uh, Ed and I are going to record the reg- regular show bonus roundtable discussion. Ed's going to bow out, but I will hold after the show a bonus. Roundtable discussion to 
recap the final rose of The Bachelor. We're going to have a special guest. My main man, Jason Stewart, wants to come on and talk to me and our Bachelor correspondent, Fancy Sauce, who will be joining us from Indonesia, of all places. To we're global. Yeah, we're, we're global. We're, global. We're, we're, we're a major global brand at this point. So after the show, bonus segment, Bachelor Report. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, when we come back, Ed and I have a few things to discuss. I want to talk about Oscar Pistorius. And there, I'm, I'm, there's a couple things that went on, one specifically that have me thinking about nerd culture and if it's gone too far. And I want to get into that with Ed. Also, what are the most and least embarrassing ways to be hospitalized? And this has to be one of the most embarrassing ways. So we will cover that when we return. Stay tuned. Baller Lifestyle Podcast, ballerlifestyle.com. We'll be right back. We're back. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here. Thank you for for giving me my error in judgment and not being here for you last week. I hope you are happy with the return. Uh, it's a Baller Lifestyle podcast on theballerlifestyle.com. I'm your host, Brian Beckner. Joining me as always, Ed Daly. Hey, Ed. Um, I meant to ask you, didn't you – did you like – act in something or you were texting me that you were at some sort of premiere last week and I I want I meant to ask you I wanted to get the whole story on the show what was up with that well yes I I, I guess I qualify as a thespian now um, that's that, that's insane to me <laughs> uh, to long story short uh, a comedian I know from Twitter a New York based comedian he and his wife who's an actress have a web series. And they needed some extras, and he shot it out on Facebook or Twitter or something. Right. If you're in the city on this date, wait, wait, wait. you're on Facebook. I am on Facebook, but you, you, I've, why, never, why you, I've never I've never posted a picture of my kids. I know. Never that's once. Your, that's your that's your claim to fame. It's yeah. like the fifth time I've heard you say that. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I, you know what you I, do? I, are, I You, you know, and I are not. All I do. All I do yeah. is post yeah. links to the baller lifestyle. So really, that's all I'm good for. In it. Facebook. Me too. That's basically all I do too. Um, you, you and I are not Facebook friends. What? I didn't know you were I think, on. Well, I wasn't really. I, you know, I took a sabbatical. I used to, I, I rebranded myself. <laughs> See, I used to be on Facebook, but I was in a different situation. As m- married Brian Vector. Right, right. So as when I, when that ceased to be a thing, I, I quit Facebook. I'd never really used it. I still don't. But I then I relaunched myself. I rebranded myself as a new individual on there. So I'm on there. Um, yeah. My name is Edward Daly. There's nothing Edward. there's nothing there's nothing that you could pry into my life. There's nothing interesting about it except I post funny uh links and, and our podcast or whatever. So. Do you um do you post your stupid videos on there? Because I, I'm not on Vine, but I know you are. And no, I've seen I, I did. I you quit Vine. I did maybe five Vine videos when it first came out because I was just testing it out, and then I I realized that I'm not interested in myself or anyone else on Vine. I, I find you kind of amusing, out to be honest. <laughs> 
Uh, so, t- so you, I'm sorry, I interrupted your story. You got cast in something. So yeah, there's, you, you said, offered yourself. Would anyone like to be in a bar scene on this date in the city? So I said, sure. You know, I'll do. I'll do it. Have a couple beers and and be an extra in a scene. Like it, it could be an interesting experience. And I was cast as somebody who gets in a bar fight. So there's actually some shut up. physicality to. It's it's in the background of a scene while a conversation's going on, but yes, right. and it premieres next every Tuesday. They release an episode. This was the first one of the season, and next Tuesday I'll I'll, I'll post it. But it's the actress series, and yeah, I get in a, a fight in like a key part of uh, one of the episodes. Uh, what well, we're gonna have to post a link to that, yeah, at least a screenshot. We'll post a, a screenshot and a link to you. In your acting debut. Yeah, I get in, like, the credits, like, you know, starring this and featuring these guys. I'm one of the guys. Whoa. Whoa big time. Yeah. I mean, I, are you, do your headphones still fit on your head at this point? I mean, are, am I, are you going to lose my number? Uh, as, long as, the, uh, as long as I'm taking down this, these three fingers of uh, Maker's Mark, I'm doing just fine. Um, <laughs> so but, but so anyway, you went, to, you like went a, to the premiere. It was a premiere, and it was cool, like... It was just interesting. There are a lot of actors and, you know, what you realize is ultimately, like, acting is, is a rough, rough gig. Like, it's it's just, oh, yeah. just tons of working actors were there or people who, like, maybe got a uh, uh, two lines on an episode of Louie or Cry- uh, Law and Order or right, something like right. that. But, like, you know, just people grinding it out, maybe a commercial audition or whatever. And there were some interesting things, but there was a... A very interesting story about Tommy Lee Jones that I thought I found to be just just made me like him more. Um, he was he, some guy was at the time a production assistant for a Tommy Lee Jones direct to video detective movie, something, Oof. you know, just you got to think how the mighty have fallen post fugitive. He probably right. has been a detective in at least 35 movies. He's got the face. <laughs> He's got that laying in a gravel driveway kind of detective's face. Right. So anyway, he had his buddy hired on the set as his driver. And his driver's job was to show up on the set with a trunk full of – or a cooler full of beer. Shut up. And so between every take, yeah, TLJ – yeah. Goes has has a few pops. Uh, Budweiser. I, I I didn't get that much of the story. I he 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 reeks of domestic beer. Though. Oh yeah, totally. And I could cans. see him. I can't even see that guy with a bottle. No, no, it's definitely cans. I w- I could see him. Budweiser, original Coors. Yeah, I could see a lot of original Coors in his his. Tr- yeah. Def, def, I don't see him as a light beer guy. I could even see him. He's definitely a lager guy because he probably likes to drink a lot of them. Uh, I could see him like doing Heineken. I could even see him doing like Natty Ice. I I feel like I, yeah, no I could I could go there. No discerning yeah. with TLJ. Yeah, yeah, he could do he could do like Keystone, but I feel like he's full flavor. He's not he doesn't go any kind of light beer. He probably gets annoyed. Like he'll drink one. Like if you have some Miller Light, he'll probably drink them, but he he'll sort of grumble about it. <laughs> so anyway, like between every take, like any time they say, "Oh, go back to your trailer or take a break in the action," he would go up to his buddy and just shotgun a couple pops. So like over the course of a day, this guy's having 
I don't know, a case of beer or whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. the one time the guy said, like, the the second part of the day, like the afternoon, he had to do just – he had to be in the car with Tommy Lee Jones and just lay in the back seat. And all it was were, were the shots where the detective is driving down the road. And he said, like, Tommy Lee Jones had, like, you know, a dozen, 15 beers in him at the time. And he had, he had to do a day of driving laying in the back seat with Tommy. Jones. Yeah, and then he said. Uh, so then another later in the the set, he Tommy Lee Jones said, you know, maybe I should get a uh, a golf cart to take me to and from my trailer, which trailer was code for his buddy, like whatever Gus's car, whatever the guy his buddy's right. name. Right. So he was then like taking a uh, golf cart to and from his buddy's beer trunk, <laughs> and he said he saw Tommy Lee Jones just completely flipped the golf cart and he's staring he's a production assistant and tommy lee jones gets out of the, like the wreckage and just like walks walk get walks away from the wreckage and looks at him they make eye contact and then he said two minutes later he gets a call from the producer and he's thinking in his head like all right that's it tommy lee jones saw me see him just crash the, the car yeah uh what am i gonna do now <laughs> and the producer goes Tommy Lee Jones really took a shine to you, and he wants to give you a line in the movie. And the guy's like, so that's how I got my SAG card. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, because he, he held his mud. Yeah, he just he didn't, he didn't, he didn't throw him under the yeah, bus. He didn't say yeah. anything. So Tommy Lee Jones got that guy to start in acting because he just watched him get all booze clowned up and crash a golf cart. And you know whatever straight-to-DVD movie that is – Tommy Lee Jones is perfect in. He probably nails every line. There's no slur. You can't tell he's been drinking because he's a fucking pro alcoholic and pro actor. He's he's a working actor, working alcoholic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good for him. Great story. I can't wait to see your acting debut, Ed. I'm really, really fired up and excited for this. I don't want to oversell it. I would say my acting was somewhere between an A and an A+. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I I had – I did not doubt that in any way. I know that you – I mean you should get your SAG card. You should make that your career and I, I think you're on your way. I'm I'm officially – I won't say I'm retiring from the acting game like I am from the half, half marathon game. But I'm going to say that I'm going to take a hiatus. I'm just going to focus on something else than acting right now. Yeah. Well, you're you're basically a renaissance man, writer, musician, poet, <laughs> artist, actor. You just go from thing to thing. Yeah. It's it's really impressive. <laughs> hey, this switching gears, this Oscar Pistorius story. Have you been following this? I, for some horrible reason, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love this story. Awful. I love it in every way, and I shouldn't. It's terrible. It's he's covering his ears. He's puking in court. He's really putting on a show because he's a psychopath, and that's what they do. Yeah, uh, they they emulate what they think human behavior is supposed to look like because they have no feelings and no empathy. Right. He's like Dexter. He's like trying yeah. to to seem human. Right. That's exactly right. And he knows people are watching, and that's when they're at their best. Is which is probably why he's a good sprinter. And that's. He's a narcissist, and that's why people – that's a lot of people that get really good at things. That's because they have personality disorders, <laughs> and um, he definitely has one. And he's a killer, and he's a murderer, and he should be locked up. And I, I keep coming back to the fact – and I don't – this might make me the worst person in the world. 
But his girlfriend, the woman he killed, was so fucking beautiful. Beautiful. And so, like, she was just hot. Like, everything about her, it's real. it's... And this is my point, and this is what I'm getting to. Is this story more of a tragedy because he killed a super hot chick? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Because it if if he were to shoot, and obviously uh, personality wise, we we can't make, draw conclusions. Right. But if you were to shoot a Paula Dean look like, <laughs> yes, you'd be like. Uh, yeah, South Africa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't look, be as sad. There's another fish in the sea. <laughs> that is the worst South African accent I've ever heard in my life. South Africa? I don't. I don't. You're know. <laughs> South Africa. You're not. You're definitely oh, not. What I want to do like, is emulate. Uh, what? What is it? Uh, uh, Leo DiCaprio. He was. He was somewhere in the <laughs> southern part of Africa in uh, Blood Diamond. Yes. Yes. He, yeah. Yeah. He did a bad yeah. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, he did a bad accent. Still, no, still nothing worse uh, recently than Tom Hanks's uh, Boston accent, his New Hampshire accent in Captain Phillips. I, I still can't get that out of my head. I'm, no, I disagree. I thought he was great in that movie. That, I mean, he's Tom Hanks, so he's always great. But that accent was so grating. I like they just should have just played it straight. Like he didn't need to have an accent. Um, yeah. So Pistorius, I'm certain. Is going to go to prison. It's like a one judge situation I, there, not a jury. But are, can we be certain? Because who knows anything about about uh, South African justice? That's true. Well, I can tell you what. If if this happened in America, he would be set free because sure. if you're famous, you don't go to prison here. Mm. Knows that. Right. Uh, we'll see. But I feel like it's moving right along. Like they're going to wrap this thing up here pretty quick. I don't, I don't know how long it takes to convict, but hopefully not too long. And hopefully they lock him and his nubs up somewhere because he's a fucking killer. He killed a beautiful, super hot model that had a whole life of being hot in well, front of her. And and there's nothing worse than taking a beautiful hot chick off the planet. Well, let's let's not rush to judgment. I mean, maybe he thought he was uh, he was being attacked by an intruder whose whose means Stop of it. attack was to lock himself in his own bathroom. Well, I mean, if somebody broke into your house and went and took a shit, you should be allowed to kill him. <laughs> That's true. I've had some some repairmen, you know, use right. grease the can in my place, yeah. and yeah, and I might have that should be a death penalty case. I might have gone. Uh, what is it? Opisto. Yeah, opisto. Op- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, here's another thing, and this is this is the last story of the day before we get to our bachelor report. Today on Travis Rogers, I was listening to his show. You know I'm a character on that show, right? Ed? I hear, I hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nationally syndicated sports commentator, and that's that's a title you can't take away from me. <laughs> uh, he started talking. You know, every guy our age's favorite topic, Star Wars, and he was laying out his top four seeds, his four number one seeds. In a Star Wars tournament, <laughs> and do you, do you want mine? Do you want me to? How, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to give you mine? Because I because I, 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 I called in. I would like I would like to know yours, and okay. I also have an opinion on who would be a very early exit in the tournament. 
I, I, I think we might be on the same page, and I'll, uh, and I'll give you mine. Okay. Number one seed, Han Solo, of course. Of course. No question. No question. Darth Vader, he's like the Duke. Right. Like, everybody hates him. Nobody wants to see him. Dick Vitale's jerking off all of them. Dick, Dick Vitale and Billy Packer are jerking off all over themselves, but other than that, everyone else hates Darth Vader. Right. Number three, R2-D2. He's like quietly getting it done. He's in. He's coming out of a mid-major. People don't expect a lot out of him, but ho- holy shit. Next thing you know, look, Wichita State, 33-0. and 0. Gets the job done. Always gets the job done. Not pretty. Always a part of a big victory. And he's a lot of, he lot of times down by association. And that's my point. The number, the fourth number one seed, in my opinion, Luke Skywalker. But he's a paper champion. Could be the first number one seed to get taken out by a sixteen. Agreed. Agreed. He's very whiny. Very. And for somebody with the powers he has, he he needs a shitload of help from everybody else. Yeah, from R two D two. Also, really, his use of the force, like, sometimes he can lift his fucking X-Wing fighter out of a swamp, like, no problem. But pulling his 12-ounce lightsaber two feet to his hand is, like, way too hard. Right. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not, he doesn't, the apple didn't fall too close to the tree in that situation. Darth Vader is a bad motherfucker. He's a stone-cold killer. Takes out Obi-Wan Kenobi. Smotes Alderaan. He doesn't give a fuck. Even at the end, when he quote-unquote turns good, he fucks up the Emperor. He doesn't care. Uh, You know, Luke, he's a pussy. He's still a number one based on the fact that he's in practically every scene. But he's an early exit, for sure. Early exit. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Are you are you on the same page as me? Do you, are, in, are you I'm replacing R two? I'm a no no no. I think R two is a strong. That guy gets the job done. Like he's the one who who can tap into the computers. He's he's fixing planes while or uh, spaceships while they're going on. Right. Yep. I, I'll yep. say some strong two seeds. I think Lando's a strong two. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. He's smooth. Guy was a, a player. He ran an entire city. Gambler. When pressed into duty, he helped rescue Han, and then he flew the Millennium Falcon, Falcon and destroyed the remade Death Star. Let's let's not forget his undercover work on that's, the at the Sarlacc pit. That's right. Okay, uh, another strong two is Chewbacca. Doesn't really che- do yeah. anything wrong. Nothing wrong. He's no he never fucks comes up. Comes through uh, a weak two seed. People seem to love him, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba what, Fett. what do we What do we know about this guy? He appears yeah. for like two seconds. Yeah. He Darth Vader handed Han Solo to him on a silver platter. His like big claim to fame when he got Han, and then on Jabba's barge, he got killed instantly. He was he got ki- he, he went out like a pussy. He fired up his jetpack, and somebody like accidentally whacks him with a stick. And he ends up in the Sarlacc. I have to agree. So he's here's a, a fifteen to upset in the making. That guy. Here, here's a, a little nerd fact that 
a lot of nerds are nodding their head right now that they know this, but people smart, like cool dudes that were like getting pussy and doing cool stuff like you and I had. Yeah. Uh, we don't know this about Boba Fett. Boba Fett did not die in the Sarlacc. He didn't? No, because later, and this, this will probably be shown in the next series of movies. Later in one of the Star Wars books, it was written that Fett uses a thermal detonator to explode and kill the Sarlacc and then is rescued, pulled out near death and nursed back to life by somebody else. No, I can't remember because I'm not a nerd. I, I got to tell you, though, get, yeah. getting a little lightheaded. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, it's not the bourbon. You're, you're going fanfic on me. Yeah, yeah, you know what it was. Yeah. You know what it is. It, it sounds like fanfic, you, you but know it's what? it's a sanctioned I, novel. Hang on, sanctioned novel. You're going yes. fanfic on me, and all all I can say is, I I was one of those kids that had eighty Star Wars figures and yeah. the Millennium Falcon, and I've even kind of gotten my kid my kids into Same. it a little bit, like Same. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I dig Star Wars, and I yep. get a little nerdy. But fanfic is where I have to draw the line. So, <laughs> so you, you you drawing this shit on me? Like you might as well be talking about the Bachelor because I don't I I don't know nor give a fuck. Like until I see a major studio produce it, I'm not I'm not going to accept fanfic. <laughs> I'm giving you a heads up. Listen, this is <laughs> all you're doing is giving me a, a heads up that you read fanfiction, and we we gotta. <laughs> We got a major fucking problem. I, I, I'm. Uh, you're right. I'm embarrassed to know this. I shouldn't. I'm. I'm a cool guy. I don't know nerd shit because I'm too busy being cool. Like you're just I know, a cool like, guy that quotes fan fiction. All right. I know. Like I know lots about indie rock and Did you know? tattoo artists and mountain bikes. Like I know cool stuff. Skateboarding. I don't know Star Wars shit, but I do know. That Boba Fett <laughs> survived the Sarlacc via the detonation of a thermal detonator, which almost killed him. And when they remake those fucking movies or when they make the new ones, you're going to see Boba Fett's ass because that's I'm, that's got to be part of the storyline. You know what I want to do right now? I want to <laughs> I want to give you the goodwill hunting treatment and just say it's not your fault over and over again. And hug you. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. It's not your fault, Brian. It's not your fault. I need that hug. I need that hug. I was a little nervous. I mean, you and I, and I was into it. We were going a little nerdy with seating, but when you dropped fanfic on me. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you, It is a perfect segue to your bachelor conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know a little fanfic. I might've gone online. It's cool. You know, yeah. From now on, that'll be like our kind of thing. You'll be the fanfic guy, and I'll be the guy bringing out Tommy Lee Jones' drunk driving accident. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hey, you when you see Boba Fett in that cool ass costume of his in the new, because you're gonna take your kid to see the new series of movies. You're gonna see Boba Fett's ass, and you're gonna be like. That fucking Beckner, he is a fucking right. fountain of knowledge. Like I, it's insane nah, to me. Dude, it was that in, like it was like, like a, a cool guy. Novel. It was a legit novel. It was okay, like, sanctioned. It was like okay. Alderaan two. This time it's serious. 
a cool guy like Beckner who knows everything cool. Like everyone looks at him and they're like, he's so fucking cool. Like where's he get all those cool clothes and how's he act so cool all the time? How does he also know this fucking nerd shit? That's fucking amazing. He's like really well-rounded and you're going to, you're probably going to call me or you're going to text me from the theater and be like, thanks. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds very reasonable. Were you any more two seats? Where, where do you have, where do you have Obi-Wan? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, I, I would just say that another high seed would be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Obi-Wan Kenobi lost to Vader, but it was kind of like the 1990 at UNLV taking his foot off the gas pedal against Duke. Yeah. Yeah. He quit. Because he, he quit. He, he did it you know, just to let his, his uh, people go and get on the Millennium Falcon. Like, yeah. He sacrificed himself. He was, yeah. He was the equivalent of those UNLV guys that, like, were. Uh, like Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman, they were in the hot tub with Ed the Fixer. Right, like, right. I, I mean, that's too deep for me, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. that's Obi-Wan. He's another strong two. He, he is, and not that anybody puts too much stock in these. I certainly don't. In the prequels, Obi-Wan... Was dominant. As played by Ewan McGregor, he created Darth Vader by fucking him up, cutting his legs off, and leaving him for dead on that fire planet. Right. But so he, but he's, 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 he's actually kind of a sleeper. You want to tell me what happened in, in a couple of the novels after? No, see, I don't know. I never read. <laughs> I'll go online and look at the fanfic because maybe maybe he survived. I mean, he was ghosting out and talking to Luke constantly because Luke's a little pussy and he needs. Right. Obi-Wan, he needs Yoda, you know, they're all, yeah. at the end of that fucking Ewok movie, they're all dancing around at the end. Right. I'm not getting into that Ewok movie because that one was stupid too. There's really only two. The Ewoks, even Ewoks are the equivalent of the Sunbelt Conference. Like, they, they're, they're right. early exits. And the, and the whole premise of the movie is that they needed to distract one stormtrooper who was guarding a back door. <laughs> Like and they like threw a rock or something and got him to look the other way and ran into the back door and shut down the force field. Like that was that was the whole point of the movie. Their whole the the Empire's whole operation was laid to waste because they had one guy guarding a back door. Like that's it. That's the plot of the movie. That was pretty much the plot of my sexual history in college too. Right. The back door was always blocked. <laughs> <laughs> a couple, you know, occasionally. You get get some nat- natty light going at a frat party. Yeah, get a little whoopsie daisy up. Yeah, no, I got might, there. Yeah, you might you might find something happening. Oops, <laughs> Ed, another excellent job today. Yeah, unbelievable on your birthday playing. I, I don't want to say playing hurt because you're playing extra healthy going with three fingers of makers. I assume you finished that off at this point. When you say three fingers, that's what it once was. Now right. it's the uh now it's a quarter of a finger right now. It's it's an empty glass. You're packing to go on a trip. Are you headed back to to south, to the south, ACC tournament? South by Southwest, Austin, Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, I got a, Outstanding. I got a buddy there. We we've got a couple plans. I'm I'm going to do, go to some underground fighting there. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Shut up. Uh, I feel like you could get a blog post for theballerlifestyle.com out of that for sure. Plan on it. Yeah, and I feel like I want to follow you on Instagram at Daily 
because there might be some cool pictures of you in Austin this weekend. Absolutely. All right. Outstanding work, my friend. Happy birthday. Thank you. Let's rally up. I paid my bill. We're good to go. I'm on automatic bill pay. Let's rally up. We can rejoin next week and do this again. Let's do it. So uh, absolutely. Until next week, for Easy Ed Daily, I'm Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. Stay tuned for part two, The Bachelor Report with ballerlifestyle.com bachelor correspondent Fancy Sauce and special guest Jason Stewart. For Ed Daly, I'm Brian Beckner. Hey, Ed, we'll see you later. Stay gold, pony boy. See you guys. And we're back. Hey, thanks for hanging around. Uh, this is part two. This is the highly promoted second part, the big bonus ballerlifestyle.com, baller lifestyle podcast, episode 13, Bachelor Report. Uh, you already heard me on with Ed during the regular show. This is an added feature. We have special guests. The Bachelor popped off last night. Things got crazy. Everybody, the most hated man in America. Might be or in North or the Western Hemisphere, might be Juan Pablo Galavis, and we're, we're here to break it down. Joining me now, as always, the BallerLifestyle.com Bachelor Reporter Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy Sauce? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on again. Outstanding. So stoked to have you here, and also joining us, special guest, Bachelor expert. Many of you know him from the Jim Rome show and his various exploits in sports media and regular media. I happen to know him from Jason's Beefs on YouTube, which everyone should check out because they're very funny. Joining us now, the great Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you? You know what? Thank you very much for having me. And, you know, I've been looking for a way to enter this podcast, and I couldn't think of a better entry than. And the, than the bachelor, I I admittedly have like stepped over that line of like officially <laughs> taking it way too serious. Like I I cared last night. I, I was. Are you I a was, are you yeah. a bachelor, Jason? I I don't know about that, but I could say <laughs> that I was passionate about this season. I don't quite have the depth or the background. I haven't watched every season, but I've I have watched every minute. Why of why so passionate about this season? What what was it? Got you going. You know, it kind of got. I I I was reading uh, Brian's live tweets maybe early on, and I'm like, you Uh know what? If if that guy likes it, I might I might I might enjoy this. So uh, I caught on, and uh, I was Uh at that point, I was just uh, completely hooked. Well, let's 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 get into it, fancy, because I feel like this season could really could possibly spell the end for the show and I don't know if we want to get into bigger picture stuff right now but at the beginning of the season we had this sort of sweet aw shucks latin dude he's a dad he's a single dad uh-huh. all chicks love single dads i mean kate do you would you as a woman <laughs> how do you feel about single guys with kids i think that you know Personally, that I'm a big dad chiller fan. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So this was our wasn't our first Dachelor on The Bachelor, but he he seemed to have a little bit of that where he was a sweet guy looking yeah. to make a family for his daughter. Sure. He came off as very likable at first. At first and at the end, nothing could be further from the truth. Why right. don't you take us through or start us off? Give us a heads up on where okay, we started so, last night and where we ended up. Okay. Um, so we haven't talked Bachelor since before the fantasy suite date. So I think as everyone may or may not know, at the end of the fantasy suite dates, there was um, – sorry, at the beginning there was Claire, Nikki, and Andy all got to have three consecutive nights with this guy, which is just so weird to me. Right. And at the end of the Fantasy Suite episode, Andy cut out. She said, I don't like you. I'm not feeling your vibe. I don't like the way that you talk to me. You're really shallow, and I'm over it. So, A, a bit of foreshadowing, would you say? <laughs> yes, definitely. It's definitely. Be, be, because no one – at that point, no one had really spent – any significant no. alone time with him. Off, and then all this off camera where he's really on when the cameras are on, Absolutely. he's really on and he's got all these kind of like, you know, phrases that he uses and go to kind of answers for questions. But when it's one-on-one time without the cameras, that's when these women got to kind of see like what was there, which it, probably isn't very much. And Andy got a taste of that. And Andy got the fuck out as yeah. fast as she could. <laughs> and that, I feel like that's when, Juan Pablo took a turn for everyone. Jason, would you agree? I would. And, you know, I have many thoughts on that. And, and you know, Andy made the right choice. And I of don't course. know. I, I don't quite know why it took someone as smart as her so long to quite figure out how dense and dumb he is and how shallow he is. But she did figure it out. And I think that part of that explosion on what do you call them? J Pabs, Juan Pabs, whatever it is. Yeah, Juan Pabs. Whatever Wampobs. you want to call them. I think part of her, uh, you know, her exploding on him like that was she just felt miserably embarrassed that she had fallen for this uh, stupid. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, There's nothing I, worse than when the penny drops when you've been dating a guy for a uh, period of time and finally, like something he says something or does something where it all kind of comes into focus and you're like. Oh my God, all the red flags that I've been ignoring and my instinct is like all come into focus in this one moment. And I cannot believe that I have been hanging on. Absolutely. And I think we saw that also with Claire last night at the, at her, the final Poor Claire, poor Claire. She really drank the Kool-Aid. She was so wrapped up in the, you know, romanticizing of the whole process that she couldn't see the, you know, the woods for the trees. She was completely blind until, you know, the big rejection. And then it all came into focus really quickly for her. Right. So at, so after the fantasy suites, Kate, what happened? Okay. Then we're back at Ayayay, San Lucia. Um, and, you know, so Juan Pablo's family comes for the free holiday. And they right. all get to sit around and talk about these two girls um, and then we have, so then we see Claire come and meet his whole family first. Yeah. You know, very, she, very weird. It's almost like he's parading a, it's almost like a livestock show and for he's, sure. he's Billy parading one, right? yeah, his prize racehorse through the <laughs> barn. So everyone can have a look right. and you would and expect, case, you would expect ahead. that his parents or his family 
would be really selling Juan Pablo <laughs> as right. a mate, right. but Instead, I mean, just the opposite. Holy shit! His like, mom was I trying don't to. Think t- his parents like him. No, they were really warning these girls off. And like, then, and as they, and, subtly and, as they could, which wasn't very subtle. And they blew right past the the, the caution or stop signs. Like they they right. had they, they didn't even want to hear it. Neither of the of the ladies, especially Claire. It's like she has yeah. this, this single singular focus, which is to get married. And yes. for some reason, this doofus falls into her her category of somebody to get married to. And yes. every single time someone tried to warn her, she would just get either ignore it completely or get aggravated like she did with her fat sister. Remember that? Oh, her fat sister is awesome. She I, ended I want, up being right. She was right. I want her she fat totally sister right. to have her own show. The <laughs> fat sister and the mute mom need to have their own show, talk show, I hope. Um, to me, this is the genius of the show or the problem with the show, however you want to look at it. What they do is they sequester these girls and they portray this man as what they want to portray him at. So he's on a fucking yacht and he's doing these crazy vacations and let's get on a helicopter. And they never really – and he's good looking and he's this thing that they want to portray when really you have no idea who he is or what he's like. The whole thing is ridiculously romanticized. I mean, it's funny though. Juan Pablo's mom tells Nikki, she goes, you want to know what a typical weekend would be like with Juan Pablo? Basically staying home and watching TV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the mom's trying to key him in. Like when all the, when all the yachts are gone, this is what life's going to be like. So just so you know, is that what you want? And Nikki's like, Oh Yeah. Sounds great. Oh, yeah. Nikki's got the Stockholm Syndrome. And here's the other thing is that it's a competition. So not only is this – do they make this guy seem amazing? You also don't want to lose. Like you're you're being graded. And you want to save face as well at this point. Yeah, you know, I want. No I one wants be... rejection on live TV, whether they are in it or not, yes. whether they're over it or not. Like you want to win Agreed. or be chosen. You don't want to be the one that's rejected on this, you know, creepy proposal altar that they set up. Right. So and he and, the, and I don't want to skip ahead, but I, j- yeah. just to kind of, and we'll come back to this. But and I think that's what kind of explains uh, Nikki's behavior on the couch last last night in the After the Rose uh, interview, like she was just kind of sitting there smiling. And I think she was just more satisfied that she won yep. and, that she, and that she beat her nemesis, Claire. I, I really don't, I don't know if she really wants this to happen. And I think she realized she looked a, I think she looked a little bit uncomfortable because he was getting so much flack from Harrison and, you know, he was really in the hot seat and she just looked really uncomfortable. You know, yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't like about their relationship and how the process had supposedly worked for them and they had found each other and now we're in a real life private relationship that they didn't want to talk about. That's not okay. Like the whole point of this show is at the final after the rose is to sit down like Sean and it's like a chick's name, Catherine. Catherine. Right. To Great sit name. down holding hands with your big cheesy Neil Rang Neil Lang rang on and say we're so in love this was amazing you know and they these guys bucked the system which I kind of like like I was kind of into that and Juan Pablo was sitting there and he you know he wasn't giving Chris Harrison what he wanted and so they were in this kind of like Mexican standoff and Chris Harrison kept saying to him but are you in love with this woman and he was like 
um, I don't need to tell you that. We're now having a real relationship and a real process like outside of your show. I would I would respect that normally except that he was clearly lying and also fancy <laughs> not to correct but it it was a Venezuelan standoff. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. Yeah, it, they, they were in this yeah. Venezuelan standoff and if it was normal people that right. weren't sociopaths, you know, he's yeah. so he lacks empathy, he's shallow, he's emotionally void. So, yeah, I mean none of that is working in his favor. This for sure. This guy's all about the PP, the pussy potential. He this this was a stepping stone. He wants to clock some ass post bachelor and it's I feel like it all fell apart for him. Like he wants wanted to be this desirable Latin yes. guy, supposedly wanted to be on Dancing with the Stars. He loves to dance and really the bloom is off of Juan Pablo's rose at, at this point and I'm sure you guys agree. This guy's communication skills aren't good enough to be on a show which is about expressing your feelings, for better or worse. That's it's okay. What, that's what it's about. You and, know? And I, and, I, think that, I think that we could probably put an end to canceling or to, uh, to casting the English second language people. Oh, for sure. Like, e- ESL like contestants a lot, a lot of it will never happen with, again. Never. A lot of it had to do with that because it, all, it did was, all it did was confuse him. And it confused us, the fact that he couldn't articulate anything. I know the guy was completely uh, dense, and he doesn't have a whole lot there anyways. But then right. pack that on, just, on, on top of the right. fact that he can't speak English. It, comp- it compounded it for sure. I mean, Catherine, Sean, Bachelor Sean's wife, said to him, don't, in the, at the After the Rose episode, she said, don't slap the hand that feeds you. Like, he, right. he's not clued in to, like, phrases and stuff right. like this. So, like, you can't have like a free-flowing conversation with him because he his grasp of english is is so poor that it's just um it's an it's just a a mess i think that's a great point and i think you're both right about that and it's and it's important point to bring up but also i think that he's very stupid (laughs) yeah Um, we talked about this yeah Yeah. he's definitely um as thick as you as you get He's a he's a he's a dense, stupid narcissist, and which which makes which makes for great TV. But I think in this case, that language barrier kind of made it just kind of confusing. But it goes back to when Andy dressed him down. After after a while, it got uncomfortable for me because I'm like, this isn't even fair. I mean, she's really smart. Yeah, she's like she's basically picking apart every one of his words. And after a while, I actually started feeling. I started actually feeling sorry for the guy. I'm like, this yeah. is just, she's just piling on this. I, he was, he was outmatched. I agree because you didn't see what happened in that room. And he, that was the best he looked all show. Cause he's like, Hey, I don't know. I mean, yeah. if, if you don't like me, it's fine. You know, you, I can't make you like me. And I'm like, right. yeah, this, this guy's being honest, but really Andy saw something that we had yet to see. And the other two girls had yet to see. So they, Kate, they meet the families. Then what happened? <laughs> okay, Claire rocks up, dressed by Wet Seal, and let me go back. A Their clothes bit. were Maybe tragic. My, yeah, really bad <laughs> outfits and accessories on these last. The, sh- the last I was episode. cringing at the shoes at the at the final rose ceremony. The shoes, the dresses, and those earrings. Oh my god, they, they yeah. look like they look like they came from one of those sales that housewives in, in, invite all their friends to in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Claire, you know, she, her baby voice is rampant in this episode. And right. I, I just really found the way that she 
um, conducts herself around Juan Pablo just so desperate, tragic, and off-putting. Now, I, I, I sort of agree with you, but I also find myself being distracted by her fierce body. She is well put together. Would you agree, Fancy? I, I know Jason agrees. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she has a nice rack. Tight little package on her. I don't think anyone is going to argue with you on that. Okay. I, I, I would even say that, I mean, I guess, I guess the rack is fine, but I would say belly button down is when it really starts to get enticing. Like, she just oh, yeah. has a great tight package. She does. It's, Cute it's little easy, It's easy to look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah ag- agreed. Okay, continue, sure. Fancy. Sure, she looks good. Um, okay, so, yeah, she reveals her mother is Mexican and that her whole family speaks Spanish except for her because they want to be able to, like, speak to her. She, um, she, not to, not to get us off track here. She's clearly an accident baby. All her sisters are like <laughs> 200 years old. Her yeah. mom is ancient. She's so sad about her dad dying. The guy was right. probably 105 years old. And probably not her dad. Right. Judging. Oh yeah. Yeah. Judging, judging by judging. the looks of the sisters. Well, she judging must... from the sisters. Right? Yeah. Good call. Very good call. Um, so, yeah. So Juan Pablo's family asks. Claire, at one point, how many kids she wants. They joke about having girls and girls and six. girls until they get a boy. And she said, maybe she'll stop at six. I mean, like, it's a good idea for these people to breed en masse. It's, <laughs> I mean, that, well, was, that was terrifying to me. Credit to Claire. She knew her audience. She sure did. Yeah. So Juan Pablo's mom tells Claire that Juan Pablo can be rude. Shocker. Then, yeah. Um, that he can be rude. Um, I can't remember. I don't think the dad said anything to Claire about Juan Pablo, but he definitely sat down with Nikki and explained to Nikki that Juan Pablo is a difficult guy and is only interested really in what he's in what he wants and his point of view. Like straight up. Yeah. This is coming from the dad. Yeah, right. that was the dad to Nikki. The, the, the mom p- said that um, the mom just told Claire that Juan Pablo could be rude, which he which he can be, you know. It's, oh, rude, yeah. it's rudeness veiled with this sort of mass and this sort of like idea that he's just being honest and he's a straight shooter. But really, he's got no tact at all. And he's just a kind of a rude asshole because he's a narcissist. Yeah, his, his parents, the people that love right. him theoretically more than anyone on the planet Basically couldn't wait like to get on TV and tell people what a fucking asshole he is. That's the My thing. favorite... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. My favorite member of the family is uh, the cousin. I think right. his name is Rodolfo with the adult braces. Oh, those big like ass he, adult, adult he, braces. He, he looks like a Fred Armisen character. Yeah, that's and great. He recognized Claire's was desperate, and he told Juan Pablo straight up. He's like, she, right. you know, she seemed a little desperate, but that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. That's fine. And then I, I love the uh, I love the quote that they have from his equally dense brother. Who said, you know, you know, one of them's a good choice, uh, the other one's a good choice. And, you know, it, he's going to have to make a choice. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is, you know, yeah. it's his choice. That's, that's what okay. his Juan contribution Pop, Juan was. Pablo's choice is what it should be called. So good. So then Nikki, Nikki comes, and really, if I were her, I'd be covering up that tattoo on the side of her back when meeting the parents for the first time. But instead, sure. she's got it nicely displayed. She's peacocking it. Um, and yeah, so again, Juan Pablo's mom tells Nikki what a typical weekend would be like with, I can't speak, would be like with him staying home and watching TV. Was, was Nikki like, now I, I'll have to be honest. I only skimmed the episodes as I do with all episodes. I have a very short attention span, but was Nikki like 
well, so does this mean that he's not going to take me out on his yacht every weekend or just like when the weather's bad? Or what, what about the helicopter? Are, are we not going to be going on the helicopter as much anymore? Or will we just take the helicopter to the yacht and not like take the yacht out? We'll just sit out on it. I don't know. It was really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of at this point, I knew that there was not going to be a proposal because Juan Pablo is still speaking in like. Like I liked both these girls. There was no love being thrown around. So at this point, I was like, he's not going to propose to anyone. But he likes them a lot. I mean, that, that yeah, he really likes them. Oh, right. He likes them a lot. Yeah. Um. What else? You know, his Juan Pablo's lack of depth was, I think, really highlighted when he was talking about Claire to the camera. And basically, all he really had to say was Claire kisses. You know, ay ay ay. Like that's all he had to say. <laughs> and then, so then they had they had a couple of um, their last one on one dates with him. Um, he took Claire up in the in the chopper, and Uh-oh. apparently said something of a sexual nature to her. Which she took great offense to, but okay, um, I, I didn't watch she this. Say, she wouldn't say L- on camera at first, but later on she says after he dumps her at the proposal altar, she 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 says it. Say it. She uh, he says to her. He said to her, "I really like fucking you." Yeah, so you set it up because I didn't watch so, it either. Okay, so they're in this helicopter and they're flying yeah. over San Lucia, and it's all you know set up to be really romantic. And the chopper is setting down so that they can go and, like, sit on the beach and have a romantic picnic. She is waiting to hear all these romantic things from him regarding his feelings towards her. And And instead, he leans over in the chopper and whispers in her ear, I really liked fucking you. So, yeah. So, that well, that's his idea of romance to tell her what a great lay she is. Because she's – and this is a glimpse into him as a guy. She exists – to please him, right? And 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 you should add that there is that the cameras and the the, the uh, microphones were off, I guess, because they were transitioning. So yes. that was the whole thing. They were like, because there was such an intimate yeah. moment, he could have said anything to me to like seal the deal. And I and guess he said, he uh, yeah, along with the fucking thing, I guess he also said something like, "I don't really know you that well." He <laughs> said, "I don't know you enough." <laughs> like, we, yeah. and what he meant was, we don't know each other well enough. I just point. know that I like, fucking we, you. Right. 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 But, you know, what he said was true, that they don't know each other well enough. But basically, you know, coupled with his poor communication skills and seeming lack of empathy, I mean, it came off really badly. Oh. Yeah. So she ends up crying at the end of... So she's... Re- yeah, she's really yeah. upset. And, you know, at this point in the show, I've got no idea why these girls are so in love with this guy. You know, he's void of any substance at all. I just... I, I don't get it. <laughs> At this but, point, it just must be just to win. Exactly. And, and at this point, though, you got to be thinking, well, Claire's not going to win anyways. So, who, you know, yeah, he's made her cry. Now let's see him on the date with the girl that's actually going to win. And he made her cry as well. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I feel bad for Claire because basically, you know, he has to keep two girls until the end. That there's no way around that. That's the right. structure of the show. And even if he didn't want to, like, he's locked in. So basically, he's strung Claire along so that he could sex her, which was pretty obvious. Yeah. Right. You know, and- only only he really, really got her hopes up that she'd made it this far. So when he dumped her so unceremoniously with no kind of, like, it just, I don't know, it just seems so much worse than, I mean, obviously, somebody gets dumped 
every season, but it just seems so much worse this time. You know, he just seemed like such a uncaring sociopath. Well, because yeah, so- the, the structure of the show is that The Bachelor needs to be articulate enough to give yes. this speech. And it needs to come off as sympathetic and delicate. And yes, he basically, absolutely. he said at one point, I, I think the exact sentence was, uh, you know, but sometimes people's got to go home. Yeah, sometimes. It's exactly exactly what he said. No, I agree. And, you know, he's definitely not an empathetic character. And the whole point of the show is for us to empathize with this guy who ends up with these two amazing women. And he's got to make the most difficult choice of his life and choose one and send one home that he might also be in love with. You know, it's always that he's in love with two women. That's always the dilemma at the end of the show. And and in, and in this case, he was in love with zero women, which is pro- which is the the worst case, case scenario for he was producers. In love with himself, right? And, oh, and yeah. only first, and, and only yeah. ever. So then, so then he goes on. He goes. Do we need to talk about the date with Nikki? I, I know he made her cry, but did he do anything? She wants especially to, bad. She, she's already said I love you, and she's been waiting to find out. You know if that's reciprocated. She, yeah, she gave him a note because she's in tenth grade. Yeah, <laughs> she gave him a note. Um, yeah, with tenth grade handwriting, yeah. and you know he read it and said, you know, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I, I like you too. And then he gave he gave her kisses on the cheek, besitos on the cheek, like right. she was a child. Yeah. It, it, um, his his comfort area is kisses, and obviously, yeah. I, when when you talk about what are they going to do when they get into real life, I foresee them watching TV and him playing with her hair and kissing her. That's that's right. what he's going to spend night and right. day doing. Right. And telling her and He'll and telling her baseball. to get him. Th- and, yeah, and telling her to get him things that he needs and take care of his kid. Right. So okay. then, right, so Nikki ends up, you know, obviously there's no, there's no, you know, engagement ring. There's just another rose. And it was, I found that more cringeable to watch than him dumping Claire. Right. Well, yeah, it let's talk. Let's so let, uncomfortable. Let's she, talk about. Let's talk about the dumping of Claire first, though, because he does that first. She oh, yeah. she, she gets off the boat in those tragic shoes, the whole and then thing she was bad. the whole she thing had like, was like from the Nordstrom glamour yeah, collection. Yeah, she she had like a, a Roman looking thing. They were both in blue. Yeah, she had a one like an off the shoulder, um, right? Turquoise long gown that had this kind of like big sequin band around the middle. Big, Bad like, earrings. Long, big sort of like droopy chandelier green earrings and bad shoes. Bad like I, bri- bad, bad bridesmaids shoes is what they were. Now I feel like the helicopter ride gave her a heads up as to how things were going to go. Juan Pablo unceremoniously dumps her. He's like, somebody's got to go and it's going to be you. And, and then right she, goes in for a kiss. Right, and she was fucking ready. He goes in for the hug and kiss. She did not cry. She was not wounded. I feel like she was prepared for that and in a lot of ways redeemed herself at that rose ceremony. Do you guys agree? I agree. I, totally and I, think, agree. I, I think she brought – it was almost like uh, one of those things where she brought an acceptance speech and she brought a yeah. rejection speech. Right. And she, she, she had facts both. both. Absolutely. And, and because- she went – she went into that the, the night before or the, the sing, single date. She got pissed off at the thing said on the helicopter. And then for some reason, she's like, 
uh, he gave me reassurance on the couch. And all of us watching are like, what the hell did he tell you other than you're pretty, I like to kiss you, and if I didn't like you, why would I have you meet my parents? That's all he said to her. And for some reason, those things were what put her over the top, and she was convinced that she was going to be proposed to. Yeah. And then she gets dumped and has this huge speech. Well, I but I think she also said – and correct me if I'm wrong, but she's like, let me know if you're over it. Like, if you're over it, you can tell me that you're over it and we're cool. I understand. Right. And he's like, no, I'm into you. I like you. I like you, blah, blah, blah. So she felt like she gave him an out. And since he didn't take the out, that meant, you know, because she wants to win and she's convinced herself he's this amazing guy, that since he didn't take the out, that means that she had the in to win the game. But yeah, but fair, remember the structure fair, of the show fair. doesn't allow him he, – he's not allowed to give her an out. Like exactly. two women have to show up expecting a proposal. That's the exactly. way the show ends. Like, you know, he's not allowed to. He has to string one of them along even though he's already made his decision. Right. So so Claire does and does I does herself that, I think and women Claire felt Claire felt reassured by Juan Pablo on the couch because literally this guy has said nothing to her <laughs> for 10 weeks. Right. So right. when he says to her, "Look, you met my family." So, you know, that's a compliment. So that that that's more than he's ever said. So she's like, "Okay. Wow." Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's enough. <laughs> right. So then, so he he cuts Claire in a just makes himself look like a total fucking asshole. Yeah. She does not accept his hug. She tells him that he's not the man she thought he was. Yes. And she she doesn't cry and she bounces pissed. Then Nikki shows up with maybe I'm um, ca- casual estimate two hundred and fifty seven bobby pins in her hair. <laughs> She really she re, she had her hair done. She yeah. she had a blemish knew. on her face, which I felt a little bad. Oh, about. did she? Yeah, a zit on her cheek. Yeah, I felt. Oh, I miss. Well, it could have been a, it she's like been a mosquito bite. I was looking at it. So she, does, but, she doesn't have great skin, does she? she, she I don't think. I don't think have. so. She, they, um, it, it's hard to tell. They pack so much makeup on these girls. She doesn't have great skin or great hair, but she was ready. You could tell she thought she was getting a proposal, and then it got awkward, correct? Well, it got really awkward because in the moment that you find out that you've won, you are expecting the next words out of his mouth to be, "I will you marry me? And yeah. when he pulls out that final rose and hands that to her instead i think the disappointment and the confusion were palpable like she wanted to punch him but at the same time she was thrown off guard because she's like oh hold on like i'm angry but i won so i'm happy so there was a lot of conflicting emotions going on her body language was so tense and he came off as such a creeper because he's like i like you a lot and then he's like wink a lot. And it's like, this guy is fucking gross. <laughs> and he, what do you say? I'm not I'm not 100% that I want to marry you, but I am 100% that I don't want this to end. In other words, yeah. I want to keep making out and fucking you. Yeah, yeah. Until, some, until I get famous yeah. and get on Dancing with the Stars and get to yeah. slay some Hollywood poon, I, in which case, get, get back on the boat to Missouri. I'm right. 100% sure that I don't want to stop fucking you. Right, okay. exactly. And, and then, because I don't have anything better on the hook right now. I don't was, have another telenovela star lined up. Then there was this long, really gross kissing shot 
which really yeah. just it was Awkward. it grossed me out where he kept saying to her don't get cranky because it's hot yeah it was, it was yeah. just weird and he oh. was such, don't get cranky and he was touching her face really weird like yeah. she was a little kid like it was just the whole thing was just gross to me also also the first thing he said to her is he said not you know i really like you i think you're really beautiful i'm really into you i want to see where this goes the first thing he says is i think you will make a good stepmother for camilla right well that's his number right. one concern Right, yeah. for sure. He, wa- he wants somebody to watch her while he goes trolling for for hotties. Well, yeah, while he goes to the disco. Yeah, and... he goes down. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God! So then there was the after the rose where you know Claire came out. She's over it. She doesn't want to talk to him. She's done. She, you know, she's moved on. Was it just was it just me or did it look like Claire uh, had drowned herself in a few carbs since the end of the show? I don't. <laughs> I don't think – to me, she might have plumped up a little bit, but I don't think – to me, it wasn't like she'd noticeably, like, gone huge or anything. I'm, I mean, she still looked good, but it looked like there might have been some pasta and Chardonnay yeah, rejoicing I mean, she in, might have, in the she aftermath. Might have, she might have done a month of comfort eating for sure. Yeah, yeah, know, for I sure. mean, after yeah. that horrendous experience, though, like, who wouldn't – Who could blame her? She still looked good. Jason? Yeah. Women seem to go one of two ways, and you know, I I think that you either go on the misery diet and you lose fifty pounds, and you yes. just eat, or you just completely binge. She probably is somewhere in between, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to be overly critical like Brian is, but I could say that she probably was about eight lbs. I think. Well, I think she looked good, and I think she looked healthy. So I'm- she did. She, she did look good, Kate. Good job taking up for women's cause, but you know she she didn't she didn't look honest. overweight, but I'm she didn't honest. look as thin as she I'm she didn't look as she didn't look <laughs> as thin as she Let, looked on the show. Let's not be critical. She did look healthy. Let's not be critical of Claire. She looks good. She, I, I agree. She looks good. Okay. Yeah, her, she's got a cute little butt. Okay, then they brought Nikki. They they brought you know the couple out and sat them down on the couch. And um, well, actually, first they brought Nikki out by herself, and and. Chris Harrison um, asked her if, you know, Juan Pablo had told her yet that he loves her. So he, and she said no. And it was mad awkward. Very. Because it's like everyone watching knows that you love this person, but you still don't know if they love you back. And you have to tell everyone. It's the, it, it's, it was so embarrassing. What's, what's the dating rule? I don't, I don't know the rules. Like how long. It, before it's awkward, how long do you date someone exclusively before it's awkward that you're not telling each other you're in love? Because they, they, these two have now been together months, right? This ended in November, right. it's four months. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's in the awkward phase. He should have said something by now. Okay, it's, Go in, on. The, it's in the awkward phase. If yeah. I could, if I could defend him on this point, and and yeah. the whole my whole issue with Chris Harrison, Chris, yeah, Chris Harrison was. How fixated he was on this freaking love word. There was so much to cover in that post that post game show that right. uh, yeah. I can't he believe really was he hung up on, so he much was, on that. He was really hung up, and yeah. I think that just speaks for the the show as a whole. It's kind of like they right, haven't. Well, they haven't. No one's satiated because there's right. no declaration of love, and it's weird. And I think, like, this was what I liked about After the Rose, was as dense as Juan, and unlikable as Juan Pablo is, what he was trying to say with his limited resources was that 
the process worked for us. We're happy. It was a weird process. And now we're in the real life relationship part where we really get to know each other. And I, I, I agree. There's You shouldn't be in love after 10 I, minutes of being on The Bachelor. That to, to me I, is more weird. I totally agree. I think we all agree on that point, right. except for the fact that he was lying. He was emulating. He was saying what he thought he sure. was supposed to say. He's right. not into that chick. I they're not. Think, do, they're, they're, they're doing into, it for the camera. I don't think they, they're into each other either. Yeah, he hasn't been to Missouri. They're not sleeping in a bed together. They're, they did that for TV, and I, I'm almost 100% that they're not going to talk to each other after last night. I'm almost 100% that he has been sexing other girls. As oh, well. agreed. C- concur. <laughs> and, and let me just kind of uh, add on top of what uh, Fancy had said. Now, he explains himself, and Chris Harrison just wouldn't let this go. And, and to defend the, this and to defend the process... He had to make a choice because that's the format of the show. He chose right. the chick. He chose yeah. the chick that he liked the best, or yeah. I think he chose the chick that w- would be the less pain in the ass. And right. he and he said, "Hey, we'll see what happens. I want to just right. fuck around with this, and we'll see what happens." There's nothing wrong. There's wrong nothing that. wrong with is, that. You can't. You can't. You can't admit to that. I, bucking, I agree. You're bucking the system, and right. that really pissed Chris Harrison off because it seemed like he was not being gracious. It's Absolutely. like you've been offered this amazing opportunity, and you have to fucking play by the rules. Yeah. I, I, and we I explained agree. it to you, and now not only are you not playing by the rules, which would be fine if you were like a little bit gracious about it and played along and just kind of like make some shit up, whatever. Right. But I think Chris Harrison, obviously the two of them, intensely dislike each other. I think that was, I, that was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. But I also think that Harrison was on to something. Maybe he got hung up on the love thing, but Juan Pablo was clearly He was deflecting. lying. He was okay. lying yeah, and, and Chris Harrison it, was pushing pushing, you know, pushing yeah. pushing the point for sure. They're they're not doing real life and this is real and all 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 that was bullshit and it and it played as bullshit and Harrison recognized it for bullshit sure. and he just he just wasn't able to dig it out the way he wanted to. And, and, no, absolutely. You, you, you have to admit. I mean they, they had a um, they had a certain amount of time to get as many of the answers as we wanted as possible. And Chris Harrison yeah. throughout the live show was saying all the answers are coming in after the rose. And it's like, okay, I need some answers here. For yeah. example, when you're sitting down with Nikki and you just watched the last episode with all of us for the for the first time. And uh-huh. you see, you see Juan Pablo make this this fucking comment, or the, at least this sexual comment right. to Claire, and it set her off and everything. Why wouldn't Chris be like, "What did you make of that comment? What what what, what do you think about what your boyfriend said to her at that time?" And that's a great point. And, that's a great point. And and obviously something sexual happened between them. What? How do you feel about that? I don't know but, if that's something he could ask them because that kind of bucks the system as well, but. But right. I, I just wanted answers to that. What did you think Be- about the way he treated Claire? The ba- the Bachelor plays down that sexual aspect. They show it. They allude to it, right. but the, they don't say. How about it's the your creepiest thing about this show? Yeah. Maybe. How about your boyfriend keeping around the other two fittest chicks so he could <laughs> slay them? And how does that make you feel? You can't. <clears throat> they can't. Say that because they act like that's not a thing on the show. Okay, right. then ha- and, re- then how about- and, and like, and remind us again 
Nikki, like, did you come, like, were you, were you after Claire and in between Andy or like, where where did you come in? Like, you know, it's so weird to me. Yeah. Third on a match. Um, I just, I just really wish that he would have kind of brought it up to where, what did you think about what he said to that? I mean, that was a controversial part of the show and he didn't bring it up with either of them. It just made no sense to me. He brought it, he brought it up with Claire and Claire's like, well, I don't want to say what he said. It's over, but he didn't didn't bring it up to me. She didn't want to repeat it because it makes her feel like a whore basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So she's not going to like bring attention to that aspect of the show. Good where point. all these women have to be so chaste for 10 weeks or sort nine weeks or whatever. And they've got to please this guy and they're too scared to, to, to be themselves or to say anything that might put him off so that they can stay in the game. And then finally, and they're only allowed to kiss and that's okay. And there's lots of kissing is shown. And then finally you get to this weird, creepy fantasy suite thing where, you know, it's basically like the network is acting like, you know, an escort service and it's like okay here we gave you 26 hot girls um now you get to bang three of them in three nights to go for it and then all of a sudden that episode's all about sex without really talking about sex yeah it's it's bizarre so that's how i feel about that i I, I think you're right that claire couldn't tell the world what he had said because it she would have probably come off a little slutty if if she was like you know what what he said to me he said, I really liked being in your butt last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That would not, that would not play to, very well. Looking forward to doing that again. He's kind of <laughs> saying, look, I'm not going to pick you here, but I really liked fucking you. So if you want to pick, pick up where things left off, like after this is all done. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna be open because my my dance card's gonna be pretty full. So let me know if I can pencil you in around all the other chicks I'm gonna be looking to slay after this. But FYI, I'm never coming to Sacramento again. Oh, for sure. Well, who would go there? No one. Uh, okay, so that's is there anything anything else we need to hit here? I think that we I think we hit it all. Hit it all. Should we? Do we need to talk about? Did they announce? Oh, they uh, I assume they're going to announce this. Andy Dorfman is going to be the Bachelorette. I'm sort of intrigued by her as a Bachelorette. She's really they pretty. They do a little montage at the end of um, After the Rose where they announce her, and they do a little montage of her like in Atlanta being an assistant DA, and, and she works on gang crime. So she's like, you know, it was funny. She had her like DA like jacket on, like out on the streets and like shooting a gun at the you know target range and stuff. It was really funny. I, I always love those, uh, just because, you know, I've, I've done a little TV, I know reality TV, and how Jason's they... Jason's yeah, so, so I'm speaking from a point of expertise here. That's I, for and sure. I assume you don't, neither of you know this, it's because it's, it's not obvious. So when they're doing the stuff just for B-roll, and they have sound, and she's like giving the documents to the legal... To the, to the yeah. legal aid and get these documents across town right away. Like, like really right. realistic language. Like this is what I would do on a daily basis. Yeah. It's, it, it's like an opening sequence to law and order or something. It's really I, trying it to show you what she does. I wanted, I do want to say though, that I think Andy played a really good long game because I think that she was, I think she knew what was up with this guy long before she you really? know, made her dramatic exit. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. definitely become a play. You saw a dude do it on The Bachelorette. You, people that go quite a distance, 
at some point decide they Charlene tried it. They decide they've become disenfranchised. That they they it's a tough decision, but they know the other person's not right for them. And the whole play is that they're going to be picked to have their own show next. And Andy, I think, worked that perfectly. And I, and also, I think she'll be a good bachelorette. I think she planned. I think she knew at some point she was going to give him a dressing down. I yeah, think she, that, she, I the think whole that was time she she had thought thought about prior she, to that episode. She never was quite sure about him the whole time. She was kind of like, I don't know. I think I like him. I'm not sure. And then, then you know, that fantasy suite sealed the deal for her. She was out. And I will say that she's my favorite. I think she, she's definitely my favorite bachelorette pick thus far. And, yeah. and we're, we're going to actually have a subject that's going to be able to articulate their feelings and actually yeah. speak, speak English. So that'll be good. Yeah. And it, it'll be it's interesting fun. to see, I, I assume that because this, this is a big franchise that they're going to try to forget this season and Ever find, yeah. yeah, find another bro and do it all again with somebody that's you know a little I'm, I'm more understanding. Sure this, this season got great ratings because sure every, did. everyone loves a villain. Everyone couldn't wait to see what was going to happen because, you yeah. know, yeah, he was boring, but the stuff that came out of his mouth was just, you know, sometimes kind of like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, guys. All right. Outstanding job. I really fucking appreciate it. Fancy Sauce joining us from Indonesia, of all places. Bachelor correspondent Fancy Sauce, who's in the absolute (laughs) wrong part of the world for my particular enjoyment. Uh, I I miss you, Fancy. You sound like Juan Pablo now. Well, you know what I mean. You're... you're, uh, we're very close, and I yes. can't wait till you come back here to me. And everybody, I want everybody to follow Fancy Sauce on Twitter. She did a great job on the show. And Jason Stewart, I mean, real live media celebrity, <laughs> Jason Stewart, what unbelievable. I'm, I'm starstruck. I was, I was literally shivering, quaking in my boots this entire time that I got to do a show <laughs> with one of my heroes, Jason. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Seriously, dude, this was a ton of fun, and I need, we need to come up with uh, other excuses to have me on here. Absolutely, we'll do it. We'll do we'll do a live one since we don't live so far apart from each other. At some point, we'll get together. Maybe you, myself, Travis Rogers, sit down. We'll make a baller lifestyle podcast because I know that the fans of my show would love to have you hear you on my show again. Can we all have our shirts off when we do that? You, Travis, of course. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a video podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. Follow Fancy Sauce on Twitter. Follow. Are you Jason Stewart now? Or are you still J A Stewart fifteen? Jason Stewart. You got it. Jason Stewart on Twitter. Follow me, Brian Beckner, on Twitter. I really appreciate you joining us. For Fancy Sauce, for Jason Stewart, for Ed Daly. I'm Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.